0: Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is December 17th. It is podcast number 27. Uh, podcast number 27 on the 17th in 2017. A lot, a lot of sevens in there.
1: A lot of sevens. Get your lotto tickets.
0: Yeah, it's, it was a big week in the NHL. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in, tuning into this. But first, before we get into any hockey-related thing... There's something over there on that table and we, this is a bit of a new setup because I, I dragged that table over there for you
1: a, I've graduated uh, folks to my own table
0: yeah yeah you have
1: <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm I'm a big boy now
0: yeah so we have some maple syrup over there and it, that it's over there because someone asked me the question recently are you like are, are Canadians uh, like is a typical Canadian do they have they do they actually have Canadian maple syrup in their household, like would a a typical Canadian have maple syrup in their house or is that just like a myth and like say like, you know, just a typical Canadian thing. And instead of responding, I thought I'd just show you. We've got three different kinds of maple syrup in our house. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to take them through what they are and show them.
1: Sure. This is the real deal maple syrup. This comes out of a tree. A real tree. Yeah. And it's sold in a jug like this in a lot of different stores. So it's probably something that's not too unfamiliar to the average Canadian viewer and even some American viewers. I've seen maple syrup at the Walmart in Epping, New Hampshire. Yeah. So it's not just Canadians, obviously. But uh, in New England, northern New England in particular, New Hampshire, Vermont, maybe upstate New York, definitely Quebec and Canada, Mm -hmm. and to a lesser extent, New Brunswick. Maple is a big industry. There are a lot of maple harvesting operations that use automated pipes from the trees that go to a boiler and all that. And it's a big part of uh, uh, the spring, usually around March. Warm days and cool, crisp nights are best for trees (laughs) to pump out their maple sap. And uh, maple syrup's a big deal. It's a necessity. It's uh, I think it's one of the five official food groups, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Every <laughs> Canadian has to like maple syrup, but uh, we got all kinds of different yeah. ones there.
1: We have your standard Aunt Jemima f- uh, pretend maple syrup. Yeah, typical. So it, it's it, they can't call it maple syrup because
0: the maple people get upset, so yeah. it's called syrup. But we all know. It's the same same reason that uh, the almond people can't call it almond milk anymore because the milk people got upset. <laughs> now they just have to call it... Uh, dairy inspired yeah. almond
1: drink or something. And you know, there was another crazy thing back in the day. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, in Quebec <clears> in particular, <throat> if you made margarine, you couldn't make it yellow because the butter people got ticked off that you didn't want to pass <laughs> off margarine as pretend butter, you okay, know yeah. Anyway, people get all antsy about that. We also have a little bottle of a glass bottle from the Steve's Maples Company. That's over in New Brunswick. Now this particular bottle is using artificial sweeteners, but they're using real maple taste in it.
0: So. Yes, yeah, it, sa- it says maple taste. And I will say that that packaging looks like the more authentic uh, packaging for maple syrup. However, it's a bit of a sham because it's not true yeah. maple syrup.
1: Now when I was a kid, uh, we would buy maple syrup in the store, uh, harvested in Quebec, and it would be in a can.
0: In a can, it would be like in a, a tin can. can.
1: Well, like a tin can, but like a large can, like you'd get, like verathane or something in. You know, it was a rectangular can that was maybe, you know, 10 inches high, and it was blue and white on the outside with pictures of trees, and it had a screw on top. <laughs> okay, and and the, that's where the real maple syrup comes from. I was a kid growing mm. up in Montreal. We would go out into the townships or into the Laurentians for sugaring off parties in the spring, where sugaring off parties, sugaring off parties, where you would go to a, a maple Production facility, and they would have, and, and they're a big deal. You go there now; you can buy uh, a whole day-long package where you get a meal, you get multi courses, and you get all kinds of maple products for dessert. You get maple appetizers before you even eat. Wow! Because it's not just maple syrup. There's maple candy. There's maple oh, bars yeah. that are like a chocolate bar. Yeah. And the pièce de résistance for me <laughs> was when they took the hot maple sap or syrup just coming out of the boiler. Yeah. You'd go outside. And they would pour it on the snow, in a long string on okay. the snow, and it would instantly turn to gooey, like it would not freeze, but it would harden. Right. And then you take a popsicle stick and you put it down on the maple syrup and you roll it up and you end up with basically a maple flavored popsicle. Okay. And then eat that. It's a, there's nothing like it on the planet. It's amazing. Interesting. It's
0: amazing. It's, it, this is not where this conversation I th- would go. I thought. No. But <laughs> it's very. It's interesting. I'm glad. It, glad you told me that story. That's a story I'd never heard before. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, let's set the maple syrup aside. And actually, that's not not. By the way, not a sponsor for any of that maple syrup, and not a sponsor for these chips, but these Stacy Pita chips, fire roasted jalapeno. <laughs> These are amazing. If you like spicy anything, you need to get these. They're they're at the level where they're not too too spicy, but they're they're like they're just at the right <clears throat> excuse me they're just at the right level of spice where you can eat the entire bag in one sitting and not need to die. You just have to clear your throat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways, let's get into the hockey because there's a lot to talk about, and I don't want this podcast to be turning into let's talk about Ottawa every week. But seriously,
1: since we're here. I, I,
0: every single week there's something out of Ottawa to talk about and Ottawa fans probably don't like that because it's entirely been negative conversations <laughs> because first there was the losing streak and then there was the Carlson quote and then there was the Melnick quote and then there was the Canada 100 and then there's what Melnick said at the Canada 100 mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of stuff to talk about Ottawa yeah. uh, but it's we would not be doing our job not that this is a job but we would not be uh we know we would not be doing our job if we didn't talk about it mm-hmm. because everyone else is talking about it and stuff but we need to do our part and have the conversation as well and give our opinions uh so that's what we're going to do so just recently melnick spoke to the media about and he was asking hard questions and he said that the possibility of relocation is not off the table if things go bad as far as the arena and stuff uh, the new arena then relocation could be an option for him. He said he'll never sell the team. He said, I'm never gonna sell the team, but I'm not gonna rule out moving the team. And Ottawa fans lost their minds, and I don't necessarily blame them. Mm-hmm. Justin and I made a video on post to post called uh, Eugene Melnick, friend or foe, and this was back in early March, I think. And so like, the issues with him saying things that shouldn't necessarily say has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not shocked that he said that, but it's, it's really frustrating. And, and Ottawa Senators fans actually got hashtag Melnick out trending on Twitter in Canada. Yeah.
1: So. And it's not about the truthfulness or untruthfulness of what he's saying. It's, it's not that he's saying anything that's factually incorrect. Yeah. It's that he's saying things he should not
0: say. Well, I think any team has the possibility of relocating Outside of the original six. And we all know that. Maybe. So you don't need to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we all know that. It's not something you need to say. Yeah. And him saying it just, number one, it makes him look terrible. Yeah. It makes him look irresponsible and it makes him look almost cocky. Like he is the be all end all. And we're going to talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit later too, because he did an, well, actually, you know what? We're going to talk about it right now. Right now. Right he now. He did an interview with Tim and Sid, um, I think it was the day before. So it was like Friday on, on the Tim and Sid show, obviously. And he, he had the attitude that he was the sole reason why the, the Canada 100 or the NHL 100 uh, game happened in the city of Ottawa. He, he said, uh, You know, I was able to bring this game here. And when he said that, I'm like, hey, Does he really think that he is the sole reason behind the, why this game is happening in Ottawa? I think anyone
1: who knows the real deal knows that he was everybody's second choice. Montreal was the first choice to host this game and to have all these events because the league was born in Montreal and Montreal just does not have an appropriate outdoor venue. Well,
0: that's what, well, that was my understanding when they were originally discussing the idea Mm -hmm. because, and they did, they, they they admitted they wanted to have the game in Montreal first. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously Ottawa is just as good as location. Climate wise. And it turned out fantastic. Yeah. Like, uh but it's, it's for him to say that it's just there's just a level of cockiness with him mm-hmm. and he's just an arrogant person in general and it's really frustrating and he just like and he he was complaining too about how people you know like, people just don't we have all this facility we have you know one of the best rinks and arenas in the league we and stuff, and, and people just don't want to come. I just don't understand it. Yeah, we make said it to the third like round of the
1: playoffs, and yeah. uh, we can't sell all our seats. Yeah, you no. know, there's something clearly wrong. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, there is something yeah. clearly in wrong. In fact,
0: you looked at him this morning when you shaved that face. <laughs> Eugene Melnick has zero accountability, mm-hmm. zero. He he never takes responsibility for anything. And he, he actually complained about the media, too, and this was in a different conversation with someone else. He said, uh, I, I'm constantly bombarded by inappropriate questions and hard like hard questions like well uh, yeah that's your kind of your job like it if you want to make yourself available to the media you need to expect these kind of questions Mm. some owners don't even talk to the media and and that's fine that's maybe the way it should be i i don't really know but it you can't expect to to get to go into these interviews and just get softball questions uh, and just you know just no. throw home run answers that are so easy. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to happen. So it's just, he, he's, he's really entitled. I, I feel like. Yeah.
1: If, if anything, you need some media training. You don't always have to ask, answer the question that they ask you. In fact, most trained people learn how to not do that. Totally. And he doesn't have an off button or a filter and he's obviously clearly frustrated, you oh, know, yeah. he's put a, a, a pretty good product out there for the last several years while not blowing the bank on doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's managed to drag a lot of fans from Ottawa out to Canada, not to fill his rink necessarily, but that's really only been a problem the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't need to be as frank and earnest and honest as he, as he has been. And there's a thing called diplomacy and if you don't have an off button and you say the first thing that pops into your head Mm -hmm. and you have a Twitter account, then you're like the guy in Washington. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't do
0: well for diplomacy either. Well, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of, uh, Mark Bergevin, mm-hmm. but he, he knows what uh, diplomacy is and he has that off button and you won't get anything out of him. You won't get anything and out same of with him. Ba- same with Babcock too.
1: Yeah. And even Dorian, like who actually is the, you know, is, is, uh, Bergevin's colleague in Ottawa, yeah. his, you know, compatriot. And then you go back to Montreal and, and Melnick's, uh, colleague or his peer would be Jeff, Jeff Molson. Molson. Yeah. And Jeff Molson has all kinds of grace and all kinds and, of,
0: of knowledge of when to be appropriate. And he spends a lot of time with the media. A lot. Maybe more than anyone else in the league. He's, yeah. I mean, Montreal's a hotbed for hockey. It's the
1: league. hottest hockey market on the planet.
0: And it's a team that's not doing well. And if anyone's getting tough questions, it's Jeff Molson. Mm. And Jeff Molson even spends the time to, to answer question, questions fans via the internal uh, Montreal Canadiens PR. Like mm-hmm. If you go to the, to the Canadiens website, there'll be videos on him where he sits in his office and he just answers questions from people. Mm-hmm. And then they upload it on YouTube. And I, I think that's pretty cool. But he knows, like you said, he knows how to answer the questions. And some, some owners don't. Like uh, Eugene Melnick does not. Obviously, we just discussed. Mm-hmm. And the owners in Buffalo, forgive me, if I, their names escape me. Uh, I think it's a husband and wife or whatever, but and uh, where Buffalo? Oh, Buffalo! Yeah, no, their right. owners are way too involved, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> and in, in Montreal, uh, Jeff Molson desperately wanted this fanfare. He wanted the outdoor game yeah. if he could have got it. He wanted all that goes with it, and nobody puts on an event like Montreal to honor the the sport, the league, honor the other teams when necessary, and honor the fans. Mm-hmm. Ottawa did a pretty good job of that last night, uh, as we're taping this on a Sunday. The uh, the outdoor game was held last night, and they had several days of run-up to it, and they did a pretty good job. But Jeff Molson wanted it and didn't get it because he just couldn't have it. Logistically, it was not possible. So mm-hmm. they, as a consolation prize, a couple of days ago, they dedicated a room in a building in Montreal as a National Historic Site because it was in that room in 19... 19- 17, that the league was actually created. Uh, yeah, I think that was more than a couple of days ago. It was okay. Like weeks ago. I think they, oh, had, their, they had their meetings. Yeah, and, maybe it was a and, month ago. Yeah. No, yeah. No. And they had meetings there and they had a, a presentation and a plaque and Jeff Molson smiled and said all the right things, even though I'm sure it was killing him that this was what he was getting mm. for his city and his team. Yeah. Meanwhile, Men- Melnick in Ottawa was getting everything else.
0: Mm. There was a few issues with the, the game last night, the outdoor game. And we'll get into that a little oh, yeah. later, but uh, overall, I thought Ottawa did a really great job and the, the venue was amazing. The secondary venue in front of the parliament building was uh, amazing. And, uh, I like, it was outside of the camera work and stuff. And we'll talk about that too. It was a, a really great event. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was, it was special.
1: Before Melnick's comments on Friday night. Uh, the ones that started the, or not started, but fueled even further the uh, major controversy. I was already doing research for this morning's show on the Calgary ownership situation Mm. and some of the stunts that were pulled and some of the debate that's raging in Calgary, only to have this Ottawa thing sail right over (laughs) my head. (laughs) And now the research I've done for Calgary's discussion is really paling in comparison to what Melnick has... uh, And we're still going to talk about that. Oh yeah, but he's, he's really set the cat amongst the pigeons there. And I saw so many uh, tweets from Ottawa fans, you know, that, you know, even after last night's game, happy the Sens won 3 nothing. great, yeah. um, Melnik out. <laughs> like, they don't care. One win isn't going to satisfy the yeah. Ottawa fans. They want him gone. Yeah. And
0: they're just so fed up with his attitude. And it's frustrating because there's nothing they can do. I don't think that. Can an owner really be voted out of a team that he owns, like legally? Well, if you go
1: back to the reason the NHL was created, we had that uh, owner in Toronto that they couldn't get rid of him in the old NHA. Right. So the the entire league basically voted themselves out of existence, so he had no league to play in. Then they recreated the NHL and wouldn't let him in.
0: <laughs> but the whole league had to do it that way. Because mm. uh, I know when an owner wants to come in with a new team, like... Buddy did with, he wanted to bring a team to Hamilton, Ontario, I think. Yeah, Jim Balsillie wanted to. Yeah, do. and yeah. all the o- current owners voted. It's like, no, 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 no. That It sucks that the current owners can't do that to a current <laughs> owner and be like, eh, no, you're out. You know,
1: what could maybe happen though is they could go to B- Bettman and say, look, <clears throat> give him $650 million or whatever yeah. and buy the damn team off him and then we'll find a, an appropriate owner for it. Mm. And if Melnick didn't go for that deal, he's, he's not only... Uh, bad judgment. He's he's not intelligent. Yeah, either. no, he's not. <laughs> I think he is an intelligent
0: man. He just has no sense of when to talk and
1: when to shut up.
0: So hypothetically, uh, just to segue this a little bit, if Ottawa did move in, we'll say, 10 years because I think the, that arena is good for another 10 years. I think I heard them say that. Uh, if Quebec still doesn't have a team by then, hmm. I think Quebec no. would be the absolute, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be It couldn't get any more perfect as far as a relocation team. It would be in the same uh, time zone. It would be in the same uh, division, same conference, same everything. Everything
1: would be perfect. And I think we're looking at less than 10 years for that decision to be made, one way or the other. Uh, There's talk about going into uh, the area in downtown Ottawa. Right. Uh, You know, it's just the, uh, the it's called the Breton Flats and it's a, an area that's extremely close to the Canadian War Museum. It's only a couple of blocks away from the major hotel district downtown. It's Mm. a perfect place for it. And right now they're in the final stages of trying to make that property available. And if they started putting shovels in and cleaning it up, they could be in there in 2021. Mm. So it's not 10, it might be only four or five years before that becomes available. And whoever is stuck with that monster out in Canada is stuck Mm. and too bad because it's too far away and it never was a good
0: idea. Yeah, it's uh it's it's unfortunate. Like it this is a situation that the Ottawa Senators fans lose automatically and there's n- not really anything they can do about it. Mm-hmm. And that that really sucks. But uh so there's terrible news for Quebec because of Houston and Seattle and stuff getting teams and then maybe a little bit of a glimmer of hope with the Ottawa situation, but I still don't think Ottawa's going anywhere. I don't Honestly, I don't don't think Ottawa's going to get relocated.
1: Well, you said, you know, you've heard me say this maybe in the last year or so, a few times. I never thought Ottawa was a great fit for an NHL
0: team. Yeah, I've always disagreed with that, actually. Yeah,
1: and that's fine. That's your show. (laughs) But I still don't see how it's a long-term sustainable thing.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, I guess we'll find out. But if the team does not come into downtown in a reasonable time, time period, at a reasonable venue, and I think... I think that Le Breton Flats location is mm-hmm. just perfect. Like for instance, all of the people that live, hundreds of thousands of people live over in Gatineau. Yep. And right now for them to get to Canada, oh, it's, it's a, a drag. They yeah. have to go through downtown Ottawa to get up to the 417 yeah, and then head west. The,
0: the highway there. Yeah.
1: Now, if this was down on Le Breton Flats, there's two
0: major bridges from Gatineau that are right at the rink in 90 seconds. And there's... there's other things that go into play here as to why the, there's attendance issues, like the whole Phoenix pay system within, within the government, because there's
1: yeah, some people have blamed that, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's a bit of that, but I don't think it's you don't think it's no, I a, don't no, I don't because the, the Phoenix pay issue with the government is uh, <clears throat> it's it's getting a lot of people's pay wrong, but the horror stories about people not getting paid at all uh, is not as significant or as widespread as it would appear. But uh, really. <laughs> Well, because eventually it gets fixed. It, you know? Eventually, yeah. I didn't get paid for three months. Yeah, uh, I was able to survive with uh, some creative accounting. But, uh, <laughs> creative accounting. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, now my situation's fixed, and there's people that I'm working with right now in the federal government who are not fixed, but they're not not being paid. They're just not being paid right. Mm. So, th- but there are issues in Ottawa. It's there, you know, the economy is not great. The federal government is growing again under the new administration a little bit because these administrations tend to grow, but, uh, I don't think it's that.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, just to, to touch on Carlson real quick before we move on, there's been, there's <clears throat> been talk about him maybe not walking away at the end of his contract in Ottawa. And mm-hmm. then that moved up to, is Ottawa going to get traded at, in the off season at the draft or mm-hmm. whatever? And then now it's moved up to is is Carlson going to get traded like like soon like mm. before the trade deadline. You think that's a possibility? I don't. I don't either. Mm. But if if they listen to the right deal, like like if they they could get so much for Carlson, like an unbelievable amount for Carlson. Like this is like this is like the Lindros thing back in the day almost. Mm-hmm. And someone else said that online, but it's I'm thinking about all of the prospects and potential you could get from Carlson and, uh, and with all those prospects and stuff, if you take his, if he's going to get paid $13 million or something like that in Ottawa or 14 million. And then you, you look at the 14 million for one player. And then you look at all the things that you can get for Carlson for way less than 14 million, like over the next six or seven years, I think you have to listen to the deal. I think you, you have to listen to every proposal and I would trade Carlson for the right for the right offer, and Ottawa Ot Ottawa's I would, fans probably don't want to hear that, but yeah
1: I would in a heartbeat, I just don't think it's going to happen I don't, I don't think it's going to happen yeah. either, but. but but if it is going to happen, sooner the better for Ottawa's purposes, because despite how well he played last night and how much he was into the game yeah. and how much he was connecting with the fans and everything last night, which was amazing, <laughs> and I love watching him last night, you know he was having a ball. As much as all that's going on, he's not the Eric Carlson of last year or the year before. He's still going through some healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think his value will not get better than it is now. I'm not saying it's going to get a lot worse anymore, but mm. I don't think it'll get any
0: better. No, I agree. There was a point last night where he uh, it was at the very, very beginning of the game, and there was a soundbite of him coming off the ice and saying, wow, my foot hurts. And this was before like he t- he blocked a ton of shots last night. And this was before any of those block shots hit his foot or anything. So obviously he still has some lingering pain there in his foot mm-hmm. somewhere so mm-hmm. uh that that's unfortunate but he was an absolute legend last night and he blocked like eight shots he got an assist i think uh he was he played like 32 or
1: 33 minutes an
0: unbelievable amount of time on the ice yeah he set a record
1: for defenseman's
0: ice time, anyone's ice time in an outdoor game except a goalie yeah yeah i think doughty had the previous record but yeah. uh, it's R- remarkable, Like a, one, obviously one of the best, if not the best player in the NHL. Could, could, you, you, you could really make that argument for mm-hmm. Carlson. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's transition away from Ottawa because we just spent 20 minutes on oh, Ottawa. Oh, boy. Uh, milestones. I want to hit this up early because five weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> we were so close with Marlowe and so close with Cam Ward yeah. for the milestones. Cam Ward almost got 300 wins. Marlowe almost got 1,100 points where five weeks after that, and I am very happy to say that both Marlowe and Cam Ward finally got their milestones. And Mar- wasn't it on the same night? Uh, I think it might have been on the could same it be, night. Could have been. So Marlowe now has 1,100 points, uh, which is awesome. And Cam Ward actually has 301 wins. He won twice this week. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kerry Lattin also had a pretty big milestone this week. He got his 300th win. So just just behind Cam Ward there. So that's, that's pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to streaks. And uh, in the wins category, we have Tampa Bay on a seven-game winning streak. Not, not too much of a surprise there. Actually, it's eight now, I think. Nope. No. Nope. Seven. I checked like. It is seven. An hour ago. It yeah. is. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia, six-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And this is why, this is why we, I said this a couple weeks ago. Teams can, teams can do this, and this is why Ottawa isn't, isn't out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, Ottawa could do what Philadelphia is doing right now. Philadelphia lost 10 games. And now they're on a six-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Like, that's unbelievable. It's 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 amazing and remarkable, and I hope they continue. It's, it's cool to see teams rebound like that. Chicago, four-game winning streak. Nashville, three-game winning streak. Washington, three-game winning streak. And Carolina, three-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Chicago is qu- very quietly playing well uh, recently. Not a lot of people are talking about them. Um, I don't think Crawford's getting enough uh, attention that he deserves. And just in general in his entire career, uh, I think he is – I think he's a bit underrated. I mean, he's got these all these Stanley Cups, and everyone knows he's good, but uh, I don't think he gets an, enough credit as he deserves. Uh, Washington as well, quietly sneaking up the standings in the Metropolitan. I don't know if anyone's really paying attention to Washington right now, but they're really getting getting going here, which is uh, makes me happy for my prediction. <laughs> uh, and then Carolina, three wins in a row. That's that's pretty great to see. Obviously, with some help from Cam Ward there, with the two wins this week. Mm-hmm. On the losses side, we have Arizona uh, with five losses in a row. Six now.
1: I'm quite sure of this one.
0: Five official losses. They probably got a point in the. Oh yeah, they might have got it. Yeah. 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 I I mean. And and
1: last night's loss, we'll get to the scores, but last night's loss was heartbreaking because they were so close.
0: I just don't understand. Like, what's the point of having it? Like, as an owner in Arizona, what's the point of having the team? If you're not going to make it competitive they've got twenty seven million dollars in cap space mm-hmm. they're like at fifty eight million total and I think the floor is fifty two or whatever like they're not even close to the cap like to the cap uh, ceiling I just don't like what's the point of having a team that uncompetitive and Carolina's in the same situation they've got twenty five million dollars but n- because of great management they're in a position where they are are actually competitive and still have twenty five million dollars free in salary mm-hmm. I mean Carolina is on the brink of a wild card spot right now. There are times when a team is, just
1: performs poorly for a generation, but the fans still come. And Toronto was like that in the 70s right. and 80s. So Toronto had no incentive to make a better product because they still sold out mm. every home game. I don't think that's happening in
0: Glendale. I, if I was an Arizona fan living in that area, I, I why would I go to a game mm-hmm. when the team does like, and not because the, the players aren't, Good, obviously, all every NHL player is good, and you wouldn't be there otherwise. But I would be so frustrated with the owner that I wouldn't want to support the team financially that way. Because if if he's not willing to support the fans financially and make his team competitive, mm-hmm. then why would we support him financially? It's I just don't I don't understand it. At what like what's the point of having the team in the league if the owner is not willing to make it competitive? Mm-hmm. it just it drives me crazy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And they are I, I feel terrible for Arizona fans.
1: If you're looking for the first round draft pick, best chance in the lottery, that's the only.
0: <laughs> and that, maybe, maybe that's okay for a couple years. Yeah. Like if, if the owner said, okay, look, guys, let's just take three years. Let's really kind of save our money and kind of take a step back, grow the team, get some draft picks and stuff, rebuild, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Arizona has done this for the past 15 years or something. Like they, seriously, it's yeah. when enough is enough. Yeah. As buddy on Dragon's Den says, stop the madness. I <laughs> forget Kevin. Someone. Uh, Toronto, three-game losing streak really miss- missing Matthews, mm-hmm. and uh, concussions are scary. Yeah, and it it's even more heartbreaking because his own player hit him in the head. So O'Reilly hit him in the head ex- accidentally. So, uh, oof. Collisions um, with
1: your own teammates always seem to be twice not, as bad. You're not
0: expecting, and you're not yeah. looking like you're. It's like subconsciously, if you're wearing a white jersey. You're only looking for dark jerseys in your peripheral vision and stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah, you never expect to get hit by a own player. No, no, that's uh, too bad. Winnipeg two-game losing streak. Not, not, not much of a concern there uh, because Steve Mason was in net last night. So, <laughs> 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 just saying, just saying. Calgary two-game losing streak. When most of your production, offensive production, is coming from Johnny Gaudreau, I think he leads like percentage-wise, <clears throat> percentage-wise from offensive production by one player compared to the rest of the team. I think Johnny Gaudreau is at like 33% or something. It's the highest in the league or near the highest. (coughs) Excuse me. I think that uh, there's a little bit of reason for concern there. I think he needs a little bit better supporting cast. Uh, But Calgary still is playing pretty decent hockey, even though they've just lost two games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, I want to hit up the trade rumors. And uh, apparently, Morazic and Robin Leonard and Evander Kane are all on the the, uh, trading block. So... That's that's interesting to hear Leonard's name out there because he was supposed to be the answer. He was the backup for a while in, in Buffalo and now he's supposed to be the answer in Buffalo and there's no answers in Buffalo right now. They're they're really struggling. No. And it again, I don't understand it. Like they're trying they they're actively trying to be competitive. On paper, they should be competitive. They should be around where maybe Philadelphia or Carolina is. And they're just not every year, like year after year, they're just not competitive. And I don't understand it. Mm. I don't know if it's like the coaching staff, but they've changed that. I don't know if it's something in the water. It's, I don't like I don't I really don't I think it's a curse. I think it's a curse. I can't explain it. Uh, and then people are talking about an uh, Ian Cole for Evander Kane swap. And I read that I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And without even checking the cap, I'm like, there's no way that Pittsburgh is going to have enough room to make room for Ian Cole. Or make room for Evander Kane mm-hmm. because Ian Cole's making I think two million. Evander Kane's making five point two five or something like that. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have, I think, like one point nine or two million free. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo's going to have to retain some salary from Evander Kane. They're probably not going to do that. Maybe I don't know, but I just don't see that trade working out. I think Pittsburgh would have to give up more than Ian Cole to make that trade. So I don't see any, any. Uh, I don't have the right word. <laughs> there's no mustard in that in that deal <laughs> that's um, as good as anything the uh g- let's talk about the Canada 100 game next and we spoke about it briefly I guess earlier but I'm going to say certain things and then you tell me how you feel about them is that okay sure how do you feel about the camera work last night uh, during the game absolutely terrible what didn't you like about it everything
1: <laughs> everything there next question Uh, To be more specific, though, I thought that uh, they had lots of cameras, and I thought they spent too much time proving it to us that they had lots of cameras.
0: Yeah, they're showing off quite a bit of toys. -hmm.
1: They they had the moving camera on the the wire that you often will see now in football games, which was interesting.
0: Occasionally, it's a toy. It had potential, but the technology or the engineering is just not there yet because Mm -hmm. we saw this, and it was very uneasy. It was frustrating. And it didn't have the right perspective for the power play and stuff. It was just, no, they, I just didn't like it during the game. Yeah. For a lot of the time they'd
1: show the power play from the other end of the ice or from the other end of the ice, yeah. like it, it <laughs> they didn't show it from the side where you're used to seeing things. Right. Mm. And, uh, the switching of cameras was just absolutely awful as usual. It was the same bozos in the same yep. truck that just did the game last Saturday night that we whined about. Switching so. the cameras two seconds too early or two seconds too late, mm-hmm. constantly. And you knew it was going to be bad when they announced ahead of time that uh, just as the National Anthem is concluding, we're going to get a fly past from a CF-18 fighter jet. I have that written down here From, too. from Bagotville, Quebec. And, and Neil and I are both like on the edge of the couch, like, yeah. oh, okay, here we go, here we go, here it comes. Yeah. And of course, they switch to the camera. As you can hear the plane approaching as the National Anthem is winding down. You hear the plane approaching. And you think, okay, here it comes. And they go to the camera that's mounted up high over the stadium, which is good, but it's underneath an
0: overhang. Yeah. It's in like an apartment complex on a deck or something.
1: (laughs) So as the plane goes overhead, the camera tries to follow it. And just as the plane ticks on his afterburners and makes a nice little light show as he tries to power away, the plane disappears behind the damned overhang.
0: Yeah. You see like maybe half a second of the plane or a second.
1: Maybe. And... (laughs) like of all the cameras they had available yeah. every single camera in there they go to the one that does not have a view of the plane when it goes overhead yeah t- these people are absolute
0: idiots cbc tsn sportsnet if you need you need a quality control person you need a camera angle quality control person i can be that guy for you <laughs> if you're looking for someone i'm available and I would be good at the job. I promise you I would be good at the job. It's, if it's not me, someone has to do it. You know what they could do for quality
1: control? I just, just, this is just dawning on me, and it's very cheap. They could hire you, which I think would be a great idea. Thank you. Or they could get a cat. Oh. A cat in a cage. Okay. Mount the cat in the cage in the hockey arena and agree to take whatever shot that that cat is looking at. Whoa. The cat's going to be looking at the coolest thing going on. The cat's going to follow the puck. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime there's something neat going on, the cat's going to be watching it because that's what cats do. They watch yeah. things, right? They get distracted and they, yeah, yeah they, it's like a laser. So, so put a sensor on the cat's nose or something, whatever the cat's nose is pointing to, pick that camera
0: mm. I, I completely with that same agree. shot. So get a cat. Have a cat in each corner and then just, yeah, I, I love it. There you go. Okay. Um, the music performers, how'd you feel about that? Like Terrible. Bon-, bon Jovi and someone else, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it wasn't Bon Jovi. I don't
0: know. Brian Adams. It was Brian <laughs> Same Adams. Same thing. Yeah.
1: Um, I, but just before we leave the camera thing, just one other thing <laughs> okay. that just drove me crazy. During the ceremonial face off, during the award, of the award of the best moment ever to Mario Lemieux, yep. during almost every other sentimental, important moment, just as the players were about to shake hands or do something sportsmanlike, yep. the frigging camera would go into some fat guy in the crowd with a spaceman suit on.
0: <laughs> and you're allowed to say that because you're fat too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It uh, it was <laughs> it was really frustrating because especially during the the Lemieux Lafleur handshake, mm-hmm. where Lemieux got the painting or the illustration mm-hmm. of himself. Uh, everyone was waiting for the handshake and for them to connect Yeah, and immediately. Just as they start
1: reaching for each other, the fat guy in the crowd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Too much,
0: way too much crowd. Yeah. Way too much crowd. And it, uh, uh, during a whistle or uh, sorry, like during like when there's not something else, when there's not something going on, on the ice, like when there's a replay and you want to see, don't show it then don't show the crowd then. Mm hmm. We wanna see the replay. We have something there's a ceremony on the ice. Show the ceremony. We don't wanna see the people. Mm-hmm. I wanna see the people pre game, intermissions and stuff. I wanna see people in their costumes and their jerseys and whatever. Speaking of jerseys, five. Five jerseys I counted from in the entire game last night of the new jerseys, like the, the jerseys that were in the game last night between Ottawa and Montreal. Five people bought those jerseys and wore them. That tells you how how like financially, like no one's gonna spend like, not many people are spending a bunch of money on those jerseys because, number one, they look terrible, in my opinion, both of them. I know you don't agree. And they're too expensive. All five were Canadian jerseys, by the way. I didn't see one person in the crowd wearing one of the new Ottawa Senators jerseys. And they promoted them, like, a month and a half ago. Like, oh, get get your jerseys and stuff. And I just, it's just, it's a money grab. Well, it's the NHL. It is the NHL. I, yeah. and I, I understand it. It's, it's just... the National
1: Money Grab League. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I thought the Canadians jerseys looked really good. I like the extremely bright white of that. I thought they stood out really well. I like
0: that part. I just didn't like that. They were see-through. Hmm. You could see like the, the fight strap, the tie strap at the back of the Jersey and a few other things. I just. You don't want to see their thongs?
1: No, I, I don't want to see any butt cracks yeah. or anything like that. The Ottawa jerseys, um, they were okay, but they were underwhelming. And that O in the front, the especially, so- especially the when it's jersey. elongated.
0: All I'm going to say is it reminds me of a body part, and that's all I'm saying. I, d- I didn't, I didn't uh, look hard enough at that uh, to, to notice anything, no pun intended there. Uh, I didn't like the silver, like it was almost like a shiny silver. Uh, I, that's really the only part I didn't like. The rest of it was fine for me, just that silver yeah. part. But uh, the,
1: the music, back to the music. Um, oh, right, yeah. yeah. They had a band that, that did some stuff prior to the game, and I think a little bit, else and then they had Brian Adams on after the second period, second intermission. Mm. And like I know they do that the Super Bowl at halftime and they have outdoor stuff at other sporting events, uh, music. I just hate all that. I just want the damn game. I'm a real sports fan. I don't care about the rest of that crap. Yeah, I really don't. It's
0: for the it's for the people there. And that stuff should be there for the people there because it's an it's an event. Yeah, but, I, we, but we're not there. Yeah, I'm not there. I don't want to see people play music. If I want to see go see Brian, Ad, or if I want to hear Brian Adams play a song, I'll go to YouTube and, and listen to Brian Adams there. Like, I want, to, I want to watch hockey. Mm-hmm. I like, when they were doing the the players walking onto the ice at the beginning of the game, so the the, the, the players are coming on. Carey Price was Montreal came on first or whatever, and he could see him like look start to look around and you could see uh, some of the other players start to look around and appreciate their surroundings and take it in. And that's what you want to see. Nope. No. Cut to friggin' buddy on the base doing whatever he's doing for a good 11 seconds. Yeah. Like stop it. And when you come back to the players, they're all now standing still facing each yeah, other. Y- you missed
1: everything. You just missed it all. You missed the the best part. Mm. And even the fans who wanted to hear that music that were there weren't watching the musicians at that moment. They were watching all the players coming yeah. out for the first real time after the warm up. You know, here they are for good. Mm-hmm. And that goes back
0: to camera work. I mean, yeah. obviously but it, yeah. it, it's, it's. It's, it's fine to have live music. I just don't want to see it. Yeah. So, And just the, the CBC's work, and the CBC
1: here as well as Sportsnet, they're all in, in the same building now. Um, it's just abysmal. It's just awful. And and mu- we're Canada. We should be doing this better than anyone else on the planet, and we're the worst. And the music was too loud. Yeah.
0: I, for me. I, I thought it was too loud. Like, they were trying to do interviews, and they couldn't even have conversations. The music no. was so loud, so it was frustrating. And the music that the Ottawa uh, PA system was playing. Was too loud. But that's, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Just like in general. Yeah, before the, the start
1: music. of the second and before the start yeah. of the third, they were just playing some rock stuff that was just noise music. Yeah. It wasn't really, it wasn't. didn't have a beat to get the fans going. It was just noise. Yeah. It was
0: just freaking awful. <laughs> what it was. <laughs> what did you think about the pregame? The pregame? The little ceremony that they did where they had the three guys c- or the four guys come out in the old uniforms and they, had, they switch it to black and white and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I thought it was really hokey at the time,
1: but it grew on me a little bit. Uh, they had choreographed all of those plays ahead yeah. of time. You could tell because they were passing it to each yeah. other and that doesn't just happen by accident. Mm. I think the reason, and I just came to this realization this morning, I think the reason they were doing that is so they could put it in a highlight package for the whole game. Because oh. mm-hmm. the highlight package
0: started with that and it looked appropriate there. Mm-hmm. So, I I loved the idea. I thought it was fantastic. I love that they changed the, the, the camera to black and white. And they had the little, the preplays and stuff. Because they were telling the story of what happened in the first game. It was a total celebration. I, I loved it. It just felt a little long-winded. Like, we're I, I thought, okay, we'll do a few plays. And then, whatever, the story's ended. And it's like six or seven plays are going on. It's like, okay, game's <laughs> over. Like, just get her done here. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty special. Um, the only other thing I want to talk to you about in that game was when Lemieux joined the play-by-play. After he got his, mm-hmm. his uh, illustration or whatever. What did you think about him joining the play-by-play while the game was going on for conversation. I don't think that's the place for that. I I think Mario
1: Lemieux, being the the superstar that he was and still is in many ways, uh, deserves to have airtime at some point where we can all see it and enjoy it. But I think to have the play going on, it, it takes away from what he's saying I think so too. Because viewers totally.
0: are who are interested in the game are are not really paying attention now to what he's saying. Mm, and that's no knock on Lemieux. Lemieux is no pre- arguably the best player to ever live outside of Gretzky, or maybe I mean who know who knows if he's mm-hmm. still played. That's a total argument for another time. But it's it's no knock on him. No, no. It's it's the fact that we want to see the game. I would love to I'd sit down and watch an hour and a half interview with Lemieux after the game or in an intermission or whatever. It's just I want to see the game and like yeah, to do, do, do that during,
1: during the game, you're you're denying the va- the viewers the play-by-play call that they're expecting to have mm-hmm. because they're going on for five minutes about about Marielle Mew, which is again like a, I totally agree with you. It's a wonderful topic for the appropriate time, and
0: that wasn't the appropriate time. Uh, and I think he knew that because he he kind of wanted to get away. He was bundled up like everyone else, mm-hmm. but they they kind of made it. They kind of put the excuse on him that maybe okay, you're cold, you can yeah, like, you, could, you can leave or whatever. Uh, I think he knew that. What was going on, and I think he didn't really want to hinder the call, the play by play, so he mm-hmm. wanted to leave a little earlier than they yeah. were expecting, but uh, just speculation there. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, just a, away from the hockey, like crazy hockey news, just more personal stuff here. So, the, our con- and I'm going to try and get this through this pretty quick because we're already at 42 minutes. Oh my god. Uh, the, the contest that we recently had is closed now, as of Friday, there's uh, almost 400 submissions, actually, which blew my mind. There was 344 accepted entries. So I've accepted 344, and 44 of them were dis- disqualifications. And, like, I don't... Like, there were some good drawings, or some good submissions. And I, I said, okay, I that looks a little suspicious. So I, w- I searched for elements of, of certain logos, and I found elements. Like, I don't mind, like... When you're creating a logo, like if, if you were doing this for real, for a work, and you're creating a logo, and uh, if you say you're a graphic designer, then that means that you're gonna, and you're, you're gonna create this logo, 100% original, because it has to be 100% original because of copyright. If you say you're a graphic designer, and you take copyrighted artwork, and you submit it as an official logo and claim it's yours, that's like you know, don't 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 do that. Don't like. I can take elements and make thumbnails and stuff because I'm not making something that's going to be sold or copyrighted or anything. I'm mashing up artwork for whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not making anything official. Yeah. If I was going to create a logo, it would have to be 100% original. So, and I got so many people, I guess 44 people, submit logos who thought that I was stupid enough to let it fly. And even some of the ones in the three hundred and forty-four, I knew that they took some of it, but I knew that they weren't going to win, so I just kind of let it slide. No offense to those people, uh, but three hundred and forty-four submissions, mm-hmm. ton of logos to go through. That's a lot of work, and it's not—it wasn't just the logos. And there was some amazing logos. I'm going to show them all. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to show them all in a future video. Uh, some of the stories that people included with their logo submissions were really special. Like, hey, here's my backstory. I, this is why I love this team. Uh, I didn't want to re- redesign their logo, but here's a logo that I redesigned. like so I got to read a ton of awesome stories from people and I unfortunately I just don't have time to respond to all of them but I just want you guys to know that i I read I read every email and I have some emails that I need to respond to, but I just haven't had time. Um, so if you've sent me an email or a private message on on Twitter or anything, um, I've seen it I just I, I need to find time to respond to it. And I apologize for the delay. So, um, cool. but I'm excited to make to go through the entries with you. You haven't seen any of them. Mm, no. uh, I've shared some with Jason last night, um, and uh, he was impressed by some of them. So I'm gonna, I'm excited to to show you uh, more post to post. Our second channel, we filmed four videos for that yesterday with a special gra- guest, uh, my friend Chris, A.K. Mark Mathot, <laughs> and uh, we did two videos on NASCAR, one basketball, and one soccer slash uh, football, European football. Uh, We looked at the uh, Premier League stadiums, and that's going to be a pretty uh, exciting video, I think, for for lots of uh, European football fans out there. And we also filmed two videos for post-to-post, and we looked at Hockey East Arenas, which which will be coming this week. And uh, we have some post-to-post merchandise coming out, and uh, we filmed a little video on that, so pretty excited to release that. Mm -hmm. Um, Some news here for you, and not, not for everyone and you. The, we had a bit of a milestone. Oh. The post to post podcast passed 60,000 views, uh, combination of downloads, audio downloads, and views on YouTube. No, 60,000. So it's pretty cool. Wow. That, that's uh, that's, that's a really milestone. something. Uh, completely unhockey related. I'm going to go see Star Wars Tuesday night. I've bought my tickets. I'm going to go see a D box with the seats that, that move. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Aubrey and a few others. And uh, I already were spoiled someone in the comment section on the channel spoiled the ending of the movie. I deleted the comment so you can't see it now. And uh, don't even bother trying to comment and spoil it for others because as soon as I see it I'm just going to delete it. So don't even bother and it's just unfortunate that people do that, but uh, I'm still going to go see it. So mm-hmm. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the, any trailers for this Star Wars movie on purpose because I want to go into it 100% blind. Like I don't want any teasers or nothing. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty excited. <laughs> uh, I think that I'm gonna spring this on you. I think that we should rank the former NHL logos. How do you feel about that as a video idea? So the Colorado Rockies, the Kansas City Scouts, mm-hmm. uh oh, I, I, Harvard think be, I think it'd be great. I, I think that people would be interested mm-hmm. in that. So I think we're gonna I wanna try and film that
1: this week. Are you going back just to sixty eight? Or are you gonna go back farther? Like
0: back to the Like you the know, original the, Ottawa. The New York Americans and the I'm gonna go back to the hit like the first when the NHL first started. Okay, great, sure, that'd be great. Mm. Yeah, and I—that's I, kind of during your time, not back in the, <laughs> not back in the 30s. But I mean, like a lot of these logos, like the Kansas City Scouts and stuff, is during your time. I mean, yeah, kind yeah. of, sort okay. of. <laughs> Jeez, uh, nice, nice, save there. This one is hockey related and local related, and again, the complaints continue with CBC. And this one's another complaint from me. There's been rumors that. Not rumors, but they're Charlottetown is in the process of trying to get together uh, a, a venue or a new arena facility mm-hmm. to replace the Eastlink Center, which is the biggest arena in Charlottetown, where the uh, Charlottetown Islanders play in the QMJHL. CBC released an article yesterday uh, about a meeting that the city council had, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they the they city, released a plan. Yeah, the city proposed uh, two facilities. But CBC reported and quote, well, almost quote, uh, the city of Charlottetown has put together a plan to build or create two NHL-sized arenas. And I saw that and I lost my mind because I clicked on the article right away and I knew that it was clickbait. And sure enough, in the article it says two NHL regulation-sized ice surfaces within these arenas. But in the title on Facebook, they said two NHL-sized arenas. Arenas is not ice surface. Arena is the arena, the entire thing, the seats, the ice surface, the roof, the walls, everything. When you say NHL-sized arena in Charlottetown, two. Two two NHL-sized arenas in Charlottetown, that's clickbait. I'm not okay with that, and it's just, it's not okay. I I don't know if I agree it was clickbait. I think it's total clickbait. I think it's stupid. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. I just true. think it's a,
1: a headline written by someone who's who doesn't know what they're doing.
0: It's it's a yeah. That's exactly. It's a headline written by someone who who doesn't follow hockey and doesn't understand. Yeah. Not, it's it's a stupid mistake because they don't know, not because they're yeah. actually stupid. It's it's CBC's fault for not having the right person to report on that article. Yeah. But I think that's different than clickbait. Clickbait is where you intentionally mislead the, I think the it was, clicker. It was unintentional clickbait <laughs> that. Was intentional by someone who reviewed the article, who probably knew better and didn't ask them to fix it because they knew that what it would look like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and the last thing on my list, I just want to give a shout out to Steve O, and he's a longtime viewer of the channel. He submitted a a, a video, an introduction video. Uh, he was at a, a, a Anaheim Ducks game, and he did. He know how I'm Steve O. I'm at whatever, mm-hmm. and I I accidentally filed it in the wrong folder in the post to post email. And I just found it last night. I actually filed it as a contest entry. <laughs> so I didn't get to view it until last night and he submitted it like November twentieth oh, or no, twenty seventh. Sorry, Steve. Um I emailed him back, I apologize. And he said, Don't worry about it. Um, I actually I'm on a road trip uh, following the ducks and he's from California, but he's on a road trip following the ducks and he, he's in Washington. He just he filmed another intro video in Washington, sent it to me, and he's going to uh He's going to New Jersey and New York next. Oh my so God. So he's, he's following the team, which is awesome. <laughs> so Steve-O, I apologize for not, for not for fig, forgetting or misplacing your, digitally misplacing your intro, uh, but that's coming in a future video. And your second intro is coming in a future video as well. So I apologize. I appreciate your long time viewership <laughs> and uh, we'll get it sorted soon. Thanks, Steve-O. And that's all I got.
1: Great. Well, uh, just to help with the time pressure, I'm not going to dwell a lot on, this, on the scores from last night, but we'll just go through sure. uh, some of the highlights, I think. Um, Edmonton beat Minnesota three to two and, uh, uh Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Milan Lucic and Pugliarvi got goals for Edmonton. Minnesota got two from Dumba, uh, to make the game close. That was a great game by the way. It was a great game. And I think the greatest part of the game is near the end when Minnesota had the goalie pulled and they had six attackers. Niederreiter did a wraparound into towards the empty net with less than a minute left that McDavid saved with the blade of his stick. And it was an
0: incredible save. <laughs> like there was no goalie in the net, but McDavid was back there with the or no goalie in position. Right? It was such a fast-paced game. It was almost like a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's almost like a mini rivalry started between the two teams just based on what happened in that game. So it was, yeah. it was a great game. Yeah, something else. New York beat
1: Boston 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Grabner and JT Miller got the goals for New York. Boston was uh, got one from, uh, sorry, uh, Heinen and Marchand. And then, but interestingly, Boston actually got a third goal goal there, f- the, they scored first in the game in a goal that was called back. It was called back because it was offside on the play going in. Uh, so uh, Boston I, got, you know, th- it was the right call to call it hmm. back to, to say it was no goal. Unfortunately, I did miss that game. I heard yeah. there was a comeback though. And then Boston got caught in overtime with too many men on the ice. They had four instead of three. Ooh. So they got a penalty and that put the Rangers up four to three men on the ice. And uh, Zuccarello scored the power play goal and won, won the game. Uh, that's heartbreaking. Yep. Sure is. <laughs> Carolina beat Columbus two one. Heck yeah! And uh, Bobrovsky was outstanding, as like, usual. He was amazing. Like that should have been like a ten to ten to four game because Darling
0: played pretty darn good too. I, I, I I'm, I'm becoming a closet Carolina Hurricanes fan, mm-hmm. and that's like they're not really a successful team or they're not really doing that great. But there's just something about the team that I really love. They're just getting equal contributions from everyone like Tivo Taravainen is leading the team in points Tivo mm-hmm. Taravainen is a good player but he shouldn't be leading any team in points <laughs> and, and uh, Justin Williams is second in points he's 33 or something like that yeah. uh, Sebastian, I love Sebastian Ajo yeah. I love Scott Darling I just I, I love the, the core of that team I can't wait to see it grow I am definitely becoming a closet Caroline Hurricanes fan and that's why I wore this hat today oh there you go The first
1: goal was credited to Stahl, but he didn't actually shoot the puck. It was an own goal. Uh, Jack Johnson scored in his own net, uh, kind of underneath. That's happened a few times this (laughs) year. Noah Hannafin got the other goal for uh, Carolina, and uh, Wenberg scored for Columbus. Philadelphia beat Dallas 2 1 in overtime. Uh, Gostas Pierre got both goals, including the overtime goal. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Brian Elliott got the win. Bishop took the loss there. The Ottawa-Montreal game, we I don't know if we ever told what the score was, but it was 3-0 for mm-hmm. Ottawa. Um, there was a, a play late in the game where uh, Jonathan Drouin gave the puck away to Bobby Ryan, who then scored the second goal, and that pretty well iced it. And then, of course, they got an empty netter after that. Yeah. Pajot got the first goal for you have the faceoff total written down
0: there? I don't have the totals, but it was 70-something percent for Ottawa. It was astronomical. Mm-hmm. It was like 45 face-off wins for Ottawa versus 11 for, for Montreal. It was it was unbelievable. Jonathan Drewett could not win face-off to save his life.
1: The, the the three big players that needed to do something was Drouin, Patcharetti and Galchenyuk. And they were the three, I would argue, the worst players on the ice that night. Patcharetti hasn't done anything all year. No. And Pacioretty had basically had the puck on his stick and an empty net in front of him to tie it 1-1 yep. and whiffed it. Didn't even make contact with the puck. That was the closest Montreal that came to scoring anything during mm-hmm. that entire game. And that could have been a 1-1 tie and changed the whole complexion of the game. Totally. After the game, Patcharetti admitted he, he needed to have that, and he didn't. Uh, We'd have no quote from
0: Druin and no quote from Galchenyuk because they weren't made available to the media. I'm ready for Galchenyuk to be to yep. be traded. These no look pa- constant no look passes, the giveaways. Um, Patrietti, I'm done with too. I would I was done with Patrietti last year. I think uh, I would keep Patrietti. I
1: would just take the C off him. I'd keep oh, him because well, I think if the pressure yeah. of being captain wasn't on him, I think he was if he was just freed up to do his thing and maybe freed up to be where he wants to be in the ice. I think he'd be a much better player.
0: I I agree with that. Uh, I would keep Druin because I like German, even though he I, re- I, yeah he had a bad game. Yeah,
1: he had a bad game, but I like him. He's probably my favorite player as far as talent goes on yeah, the team right too. now. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders beat the Kings 4-3 another overtime goal. Grice was unbelievable in that game. He was fantastic. And Josh Bailey this week has played amazing. Like seriously. Mm-hmm. Got another goal. And uh, Tavares got one. Uh, Eberle got one from Barzal in overtime. I was about to ask, did, did <laughs> Barzal get any points? Yeah, he got an assist on that nice. goal. Yeah, so it was good. St. Louis beat Winnipeg 2-0, and Mason was amazing. You know, Mason was amazing, but he lost. He, uh, he,
0: I, I kind of poked fun at him earlier. But yeah. He did play well. He had a really yeah, good game. Yeah, he did game. play well.
1: Really good game. Carter Hutton, uh, St. Louis' second goalie, was the uh, winner there, and that's his ninth career shutout and his fifth, I think, for first, uh, being with St. Louis. He is very underrated for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Jake Allen's shadow. Yeah. Uh, Tarasenko got his 15th. Uh, Dunn got a goal as well for the two, nothing win. Washington beat Anaheim three, two in overtime. Once again, a lot of these damn three point games that I hate. (laughs) Uh, and you know, the overtime winner was scored by guess who I'm going to assume. Oh, actually I know. I know who it was. Alexander Ovechkin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't see it, but I. yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Uh, but yeah, three, two for Washington. Uh, uh, Kuznetsov scored, Backstrom scored. Uh, Getzlaff got the goal, or one goal, for uh, Anaheim, and it was a tip. Silverberg actually, yeah, Getzlaff hit the shop. Silverberg tipped it in, so Silverberg got credit for the goal, and Derrick Grant got the other one. So Another win for Braden Holtby. <clears throat> Pittsburgh and Arizona. This is the heartbreaker I mentioned earlier. It ended up being 4-2 Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh was ahead 2-0, and Arizona came back with goals by Cousins and Max Domi to tie it at 2-2. And with 14 seconds left in a 2-2 game, Ole Matta had a point shot that got by uh, Randy Ranta. Dang. And it got in. 14 seconds left. And then uh, what's it, nine seconds later, uh, Sidney Crosby got an empty netter. So it ended up being 4-2. But Arizona was that close to getting a point off the Stanley Cup champions.
0: That's the worst way to lose, too. That's, oh, you come just, back come back in a game with all that mustard. Mm-hmm. And just lose it. Yeah, just that
1: sucks. Heartbreaking. Colorado uh, and Tampa. This was an interesting game. Tampa Bay beat Toronto, or sorry, Toronto. Colorado 6-5. to five. But Tampa was ahead in that game at one nothing. 4-0. You're kidding. 4 nothing. yeah. That's a game I missed. I, I, I regret not watching that game now. Yeah, Kucherov, Stralman, Hedman, and Gourd all scored to make it 4 nothing, And then Landeskog scored for Colorado to make it 4-1. And then Tampa scored again, uh, Stralman. So it was 5-1. And then Colorado went on a run. <laughs> Landis Cog scored, Tyson Berry scored, Nathan McKinnon's goal to make it uh, six or... I saw that. I saw the replay. You that. saw that? Yeah, beautiful. From his own zone behind his own net. Yeah. All the way coast to coast. And that's the second time he's done that this year, I think. Yeah. And there's only five uh, defenders for Tampa. He deked eight guys again <laughs> and scored. That was the bu- most beautiful thing I've seen yeah. uh, for the last night's highlights. was amazing. It was great. Yeah. Well,
0: Landis Cog got a hat trick, right? Uh,
1: yes, he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also... uh. The final goal to, to put it away uh, for Tampa Bay was Sergachev, eighth goal of the year. And we still owe them, a, we as in Montreal, still owe them a draft pick too. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts badly, especially when you see Drew Ann's mistake last night. Yeah. And the final game, Nashville over Calgary, 2-0. Uh, Johnson and Fiala scored for Nashville. And that's the third uh, shutout uh, in a row for, for Nashville, I think. And third shutout out in the fourth game or something. Anyway, Nashville's lights out. Yep. Uh,
0: and Rene got the win there. And Smith took the loss, but he played well. Do you know that Pekka Rene has better numbers than Carey Price in his career? He's played three more games than Carey Price. He's got more wins. He's got a better save percentage. He's got a better goals against average. He is like every single stat is better <laughs> than Carey Price. That's crazy. And Carey Price is considered the best goalie in the league. That just goes to show you how much I think the Canadian media has an effect on Mm -hmm. certain players. And Pecorine, if you just base it off numbers, Mm -hmm. is the better goal than Carey Price. Do I agree with that?
1: No. but that's interesting. Interesting stat. Uh, We talked a while ago about Philadelphia's winning streak, Tampa's winning streak. Uh, There's a few other streaks on the go. Uh, I normally don't follow the OHL, but the Sioux Greyhounds beat the Guelph Storm yesterday for their 20th
0: consecutive game. What? (laughs) 20 games, and it's not even a record in the OHL. I think the Syracuse Crunch is on a 10-game winning streak or 11-game winning streak in the AHL. Yeah,
1: so uh, the record is 25 straight games, Kitchener Rangers back in 83-84. So they're only five games away, and they're playing lights out. In the uh, soccer, English Premier League, Manchester City's now won 16 straight, and I think that might be a streak of some kind. They beat Tottenham 4-1. Back to the NHL, just a quick uh, look at the standings. And this is interesting to show you how dismal it is. If you're a fan of Montreal or Ottawa or Buffalo, uh, you've got a lot to worry about. Because in the Atlantic, Tampa Bay has 50 points and they're plus 18 in my system. And they're on a seven-game win streak. Toronto is next at 41 points and a plus seven. Tampa Bay's not getting caught. No. (laughs) Not getting caught. Boston is next. Uh, They still got a point uh, yesterday. So they're 35 points and a plus five. Then you look at the rest of the Atlantic division. Montreal, 32 minus one. Detroit, 32 minus one. Ottawa, 29 minus two. Florida, 29 minus three. Buffalo, 23 minus 10. So there's five teams in the Atlantic that are, that have fewer points than they have games played. Yeah. In the Metropolitan division, there are none. That doesn't surprise me. None. Washington, 43 points in a plus nine. New Jersey's 41 points and a plus nine because they have games in hand. Yep. Columbus, 41 points in a plus eight. And then you got the Rangers, Islanders, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Carolina that are all in the pluses. Remarkable. It is. Remarkable. Central Division, almost all the teams are in the pluses. Nashville, 46 points. St. Louis, Winnipeg. And you talked about how well Chicago was doing, you know, quietly working their way yeah, up the Yeah, just recently, yeah. Right now, with my plus-minus system, they would be tied for a wild-card spot. Ah, oh, and... But, in fact, they're outside of it In fact, they're outside because Dallas is ahead with 38 points and Chicago has 37 mm. points, but Chicago has a couple of games in hand. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pacific Division, the Kings are, are out in front. That The Vegas Golden Knights are only two points behind, and they actually have a better plus-minus. The Kings are at plus 10 with 44 points, but Vegas holds two games in hand, and they got 42 points. Hmm. So there you go. Crazy. Uh, then it's the Sharks, uh, Ducks, Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Arizona. Uh, who do you think's leading in... Uh, points right now? I would assume Stamkos. It's not. It's Kucherov. Oh, same thing. Three, three points more now. It's 46 to 43 over Stamkos. They
0: become the same person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In goals? Uh, Vetchkin? Uh, nope. Well, yes, he's tied. Sorry. He's tied. Kucherov. Yeah. 23. Plus minus? No idea. Strahlman, 24. Shen and Schwartz are yeah. tied at plus 23. 20, yeah. Yeah. Um, Goals against average Goalies Arundel. Arundel, 1.75 He's now played 12 games Next is Vasilevsky and Crawford And uh, their save percentage Is that same three ranking In that same order Wins Probably Vasilevsky Correct 21 now Holtby's next with 19 And shutouts Oh goodness Bobrovsky Yes Four Well done Thank you. Full marks. Full marks. I didn't cheat either. I promise. Interesting thing happening on Tuesday afternoon, the 19th of December, Tuesday afternoon, coming up this coming week. The night that I'm going to see Star Wars. The night that you're (laughs) going to see Star Wars. This is going to happen in the afternoon before you even have to go to
0: Star Wars. All right. It better be good. You're hyping this up. It's going to be hockey. There's a hockey game Tuesday afternoon? There's a hockey game Tuesday afternoon. Really? Toronto and
1: Carolina in Toronto. Why? It's because the, the 19th is the actual 100th anniversary of the creation of the NHL. The Toronto Maple Leafs are playing a home game wearing the Toronto Arenas jerseys. Oh, right. I, he- I heard about this. And it's a kid's day. They're saying that rather than play it at night, which is a school night, why not just cancel school altogether in the afternoon or, or play hooky? So they're, they're setting up the game for 2 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock hour time on Tuesday so they can fill the rink with as many kids as possible and have this celebration.
0: I would not want to be there. No <laughs> offense to anyone with kids or kids in general, but I would not want to be in that arena. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's good. For, that's great for them. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's cool for them to do that as a city and as a team. It's special. It is special. And it's a, you
1: know, it's for Canada, like Vegas has had the odd Friday afternoon game you yeah. know, during the week just to
0: try it. Because it works in baseball. It's been working in baseball for over 100 years. I would love it if the NHL had more afternoon games during the week. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Oh, sorry. Just, I have a question. Yeah. Hypothetically, if the Toronto, uh, the city of Toronto got a second NHL team, do you think they'd be called the Arenas as as to pay homage to the original Arenas team? I don't think they would because the name is confusing to... An, someone who's not familiar with the history behind the name yeah. because you play hockey in, in an arena. Yeah. Why are they called the arenas? Like, yeah, it's just
1: a weird thing. Because back then probably most of the games were outdoors, you know. And, <laughs> hey, guess what? We're going to advertise the fact that we actually have an arena. <laughs> so we're we're, we're going to call our <laughs> yeah. team the arenas. <laughs> That'd be like, you know, the uh, the New York stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, probably not. But now the St. Patrick's, you know, because the arenas became the St. Pat's and the St. Pat's became the Maple Leafs, maybe the St. Pat's, but even then.
0: And those St. Patrick's jerseys are nice.
1: Yeah, they are very nice, actually, yeah. Alrighty. Um, Just very quickly touching on the Calgary situation. Yes, I I was hoping for this. Yeah, because we mentioned it with Ottawa and uh, referred to it, that did doing some research with Calgary. Uh, Eric Francis writing in the Calgary Sun on the 12th, uh, which was last week, He basically said that he expected the Calgary Flames to be in Houston within the next three years. Whoa. Yeah. That is a very bold (laughs) statement. It is. And what he was accused of later, I guess, by Kent Wilson and The Athletic, is essentially carrying water for the Calgary Flames ownership, who are trying to put as much pressure as possible on the city of Calgary to uh, come across with not only an arena, but all kinds of things. I didn't realize this, but... When, when the negotiations were going on and they were talking, Calgary didn't just want the arena. They wanted the parking lots. They wanted, you know, the gate from other things that would happen there. They wanted all kinds of extra stuff, more than just hockey revenue. So anyway, that was his column. But the guy from The Athletic, uh, Kent Wilson, basically called BS on that and took his Calgary Sun column apart paragraph by paragraph you know, with italics and then regular print, italics and regular print, and he just bored a hole in them. Whoa. And it was really, really good. And he he concluded at the end that everything they were saying from the Calgary ownership was just a tactic to leverage the city of Calgary, just like Mario Lemieux leveraged Pittsburgh back in 2008. I remember that, yeah. And he used a quote from Lemieux as part of his article just to prove his point. And Lemieux said this, We had to do a few things to put pressure on the city and the state, but our goal was to remain here in Pittsburgh all the way. These trips to Kansas City and Vegas and other cities was just to go and have a nice
0: dinner and come back. (laughs) I think Edmonton did that as well a couple years ago. Sure. They went to Seattle, I think, just for a good steak. Yeah. A Philip Minion. (laughs)
1: Um, Last Thursday night, the Vegas Golden Knights won a game, and they became the team to attain 20 wins in the fewest number of games for any expansion team in the history of the NHL. Awesome.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic news. I think, I don't, by the end of the year, I don't know how they're, they wouldn't be considered the best expansion team in the NHL of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm, maybe there was some back in the day, but any recent expan- ow, any recent expansion team, yeah. uh, I think they they would blow the record out of the water. Yeah. Did you see or hear about Johnny
1: Gaudreau's shootout goal that was disputed by Bruce Goodroll? I did, and people
0: wanted me to make a video about it.
1: Did they? Yeah. Did you actually see the goal? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I think it was, at first I thought this, this can't be good, but when they explained that the puck continued in forward movement, even if he didn't, even if he switched to start skating backwards, the, the puck continued to gradually and slowly move towards the red line when he finally waited, waited out the goalie long enough to flip it mm-hmm. over him. I uh, guess
0: it's a good goal. Even regardless of the rule, I thought it was a good goal. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't uh, I didn't think it deemed a, itself a, a video review by us. So. Yeah, it's hard to make those videos too because we can't legally show the footage without the NHL getting all cranky pants at us. Yeah, we don't want that. Now my final item. I hope it's the St. Louis thing. It's the St. Louis thing. The goalie thing. Yeah. Okay. Do you know about this? No, but you told me about it. You okay. said, you said I, have a, I have a story for you. I'm not going to tell you now. I'm saving it for the podcast. It's about St. Louis and the goalie, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. So Whew. I've been waiting for it.
1: So this happened back uh, a week ago last Tuesday. It would be like December the 8th or whatever. Was, yeah. Uh, so I, or last Thursday, sorry. I. It happened prior to our last podcast, but it was uh, not on my radar. So okay. So I, I picked up the story a couple of days ago. There's a young guy, and his name is Tyler Stewart. And he lives in St. Louis, and he's lived there all his life. He's 25 years old, okay. and he works in the family business, which is a vending machine company. Uh, it's called Cardinal Vending, okay. and his dad owns it. And his job is to fill vending machines, you know, putting soda cans in the soda machine, as, or pop, as we'd say in Canada, and chocolate bars and whatever else. That's his day job. The family has always been a big hockey family. He went to his first St. Louis Blue games, Blues games when he game when he was two. His parents took him and they, and by the time he was three, he could recite the names of all the players. You know, he was just all in about hockey. Mm. Uh, he became a goalie in high school and he played high school hockey. And then when he went to university at St. Louis university, he was a goalie there. Now the St. Louis university is not, you know, tier one hockey right. East, you know, yeah. they're, they're down in the, in the, in the trenches, in the trenches yeah. of, uh, of hockey in the Midwest. And because he was a local goalie talent, he occasionally would be called by the blues to do some practice goaltending, you know, in, in team practices or scrimmages Mm -hmm. or even the black aces kind of thing. So, uh, he's not signed. He's not, you know, he's not part of the team or anything like that. And he plays in a gentleman's league. Yeah. That's his, that's his regular gig for hockey. So he keeps his hockey gear in the car, uh, all the time. And they have season tickets. He's had season tickets for years. He's only missed one game this year. So he was at the arena in St. Louis, section 313, seat number three, and he's sitting there, and his phone rings. And, uh, oh, I guess before the phone ring thing, I'll I'll go back. Uh, Early on Thursday, Carter Hutton took a puck off his foot during a morning skate. Mm -hmm. So he was doubtful, and they were going to assess him later on. So... Now we're going to set it up. Okay. Okay, Jake Allen's going to be the starting goalie. Yeah. He was going to be anyway, but Carter Hutton now is hurt. Right. He's sitting up there in his seat, and the phone rings. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Oh, I'm up in Section 313, where I usually am. Do you have your gear with you? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Could you come down and get dressed and go out and do the warm-up? Because we don't have a backup goalie. We've called Ville uh, Husso up from San Antonio, but his plane won't get here in time. Ooh. And his flight ended up being delayed even further. Ooh. So he gets the call. Can you take the warm-up? He calls his wife, who's a nurse and was asleep because she worked night shift. Right. You won't believe what's going <laughs> on. So she screeches and grabs his mom. Somehow they pick you know, the two of them come and they, they occupy the seats. Oh, cool. The season seats, Well, he goes downstairs and gets dressed. And uh so this is the mother who brought him since he was two years old Yeah. these games. Anyway. <clears throat> Uh, he has a ni- number ninety-eight jersey they stuck on him. <laughs> he goes out for the warm-up, and he's got his name on it. I think by this time they, oh, they, they managed th- to put his name on. That it. That's yeah. my next question. That's cool. Yeah. So he's in the warm-up, and of course Jake Allen takes most of the shots. But for right. the last three or four minutes, he goes in and takes shots, and he can hear the cheering from up in the crowd or yeah. where he sits. And he's going over to the center line where they get down on all fours and do their stretching exercises. And right beside him is Dallas's temporary backup, Mike McKenna. <laughs> okay. Who's a buddy of his? Because Mike McKenna, he wasn't born in St. Louis, but he grew up in St. Louis. Okay. And these two guys are like, can you freaking believe? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and they hang out in the summer, like oh, they're, like wow. they're buds. That's amazing. And they're both warming up uh, beside each other. So the game starts at 7 p.m. in St. Louis. and mm-hmm. uh, Huso finally shows up on the bench at 7:41 p.m., which is near the end of the first period. So for almost the entire first period, Tyler Stewart, 25 years old, not even a pro, not even signed, is sitting on the. He's not actually on the bench cuz there's not room for the spare goalie, but he's there. Mm. And he's the backup goalie for the first part of that game. So if anything happened to Jake Allen, yeah, he would be going in. And they asked him that, you know, they're like, "What do you think?" He said, "Well, you know, I'm not an NHL
0: caliber goalie, and I don't want anything to happen to Jake Allen, but I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I was good to go." Can you imagine if if a situation like that had of came to came to sight and he actually went in and he played like incredible at like like just saved everything. What do you think would happen? Well, the, the, the
1: movie the movie would happen. The movie, yeah. <laughs> it would be a movie. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? They might sign him up. Uh, as it mm-hmm. turned out, the club asked him to leave his jersey, like leave it here, mm-hmm. and bring your stuff when you're coming to games in the future because you never know. So just in case, we might have to call you again. And uh, if you look at the box score for the game, he shows up as a scratch player.
0: Oh. So he doesn't
1: show up as actually being mm-hmm. active on the roster but it says T Stewart scratched and St. Louis won that game. Jake Allen got a shutout, three, oh, nothing cool. over Dallas. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I thought that was the most amazing story. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I was looking at the comments underneath and some of the hockey fans who commented on that story, which was in the athletic where I read it, but it was also in sports illustrated in St. Louis papers. What other sport would that ever happen? Where a fan might get a call from the team when the fans at the game to watch it as a fan and end up being on the ice.
0: It never happened in football. Never happened in football. I can't see it ever happening in baseball. Uh, I, I can maybe see it happening in baseball, but mm. I don't think. Like hockey, hockey is probably one of the toughest things for that to happen in because who carries their equipment with them? That's right. It's not a sport you can just like. It's not basketball. you throw throwing some sneakers and some shorts and you just go. Yeah. It's yeah. You, you. You have. You have to have your stuff. With Forty-five you. pounds of equipment. If you're a goalie, you've got a hundred pounds of
1: equipment. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was great. And there's some great quotes from him in the article. I'll leave it with you. I've actually printed it out from The Athletic, and I'll let you look at it. But, uh, you know, uh, that's a Don Cherry story, too. Oh, show yeah. Yeah. Here's Tyler Stewart here. He's got his, uh, you know, leaning up against the net, you know, being all cool and whatever. But he was saying, you know, uh, like, I get out there, and, you know, basically said to himself, you know, all you need to do out here is just not die, you know, (laughs)
0: because Tarasenko was going by at 100 miles an hour, and, uh, you know, I, I... I bet you the guys on the team uh, had some fun with him too. And like, not, not fun as like joking, like make fun, but I mean mm-hmm. like, you know, like cheered him on and stuff and, and yeah. was excited for him basically. Well, he said they got to listen to the pregame speech with Mike Yo because he was in the dressing room for that. Yeah.
1: All the stuff they do. It's crazy how loose they are. You'd think they would be tight, but they were joking around like you wouldn't even think they were playing a hockey game. <laughs> I sat next to Vladimir Tarasenko, and he and Sobotko were asking me how to spell scissors because <laughs> they were confused on the spelling. They were calling it Caesar, like Caesar salad. And I was just like, no, it's scissors. <laughs> <laughs> they just talked to me like I was just one of the guys. That's awesome. Yeah. Still, I love that. Still in the locker room, Stewart had a brief chat with Blues starting goalie Jake Allen. I'm like, yeah, listen, I'm going to stay out of your way. You do what you need to do. You've got big, uh, big game, and I don't want to mess up your routine. Just tell me whenever to go in, you know. Mm. And uh, then it was time for the Blues to come out in the tunnel for the pregame warm-up as the backup goalie, Stewart was one of the last players to step on the ice wearing number 98. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he said, honestly, it's just weird because I'm a season ticket holder and I've seen warmups a thousand times. Yeah. It was just like, wow, I'm doing it like, just like they would, but it's so much faster. You've got Jay Bomeister flying by me at six foot four and uh, Berglund flying around. I'm like, I'm not going to get killed. Just stay out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he yeah, had a great time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's awesome.
0: That's a good story to end the podcast on, I think, uh, unless you have anything else. Nope. I'm good. Cool. Thanks for joining me for today's uh, podcast. Thank you guys for watching at home or listening. If you're uh, in your car driving, as I think many, or at least some do for the podcast, thank you very much for for listening. If you look to your left, you'll see some trees. If you look to your right, you'll see some buildings. And if I was right there, that would be amazing.
1: Uh, <laughs> or if you're, if you're going down the Salmon River Parkway, you're going to see trees on both sides.
0: Maybe. Depends on where you are. Or if you're on the Bruckner, you're going to see uh, cement and The sides. more you guess, the more we're going to be right. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching. We appreciate it. If you're new to the channel, hope you can hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Maybe hit the like button. Uh, if you've made it this far, I really appreciate you guys you know, sticking around and, and making it this far on the podcast. I know a few people skip through and stuff. But if, you've li- if you listen to the whole thing on a weekly basis, uh, we absolutely love you. So thank you very much. Uh, if you've downloaded this and you're just listening to the audio version on iTunes or Google Play Music, uh, thank you very much as well. And we will see you in next week's podcast, which is number 28 on December 24th. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And Christmas Eve is the same day that the contest announcer or the contest winner is going to be announced. And on the 25th, there's going to be the special Christmas mail time video, which we'll technically film on the 24th. So lots of fun things happening in and around this time for us. So uh, thanks, guys, for sticking around thank you to everyone just a side note thank you to everyone who sent who sent packages they're all over there in letters uh i can't wait to open them and hear your story it's going to be awesome uh so so thanks guys for for watching and we will see you next week and uh merry christmas or happy holidays whatever you're celebrating thanks see ya